Thank you, Lord.
rich and sweet, cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. everybody. Morning, Bethany, Annalene, Pedro, and everyone else. Have a good day. Dale. Raise your hand if you'd like to. And Dale. Dale. Prayer <laughs> and heart training. And you need a pen, honey? Oh, thank you. Ms. Grayson, you'd like a little training? You need a pen? Onlighters, bbfohioatprotonmail.com, and we'll watch for those. Now, don't be mesmerized by the music. Actually, get your cell phone out and turn off the cell phone ringer. Brother Sean? Yeah. Can you give us an update on red? Well, there has been a phrase where the judge apparently. Had a private conversation and ruled in favor of Red being released. However, there's an update to that update. Uh -oh. He still needs praying for because the dog catcher is one of these young guys who's fine with the poor attitude. He's got some chip off his shoulder against Red. So he's like Barney Five? 
Um, not as nice as Barney. <laughs> Barney could get cantankerous if he, you know, thought somebody was slighting him. Yeah. There, well, a lot of those Andy Griffith episodes were where Andy had to teach him not to be like that. So maybe that's what will happen. Red will be used to teach this deputy a lesson. Keep him in prayer still. All right. I think we did the sound check. We do the sound check. You all right there? Great. Everyone's all zoomed in. Ready? Still zoomed in. All right. Our Bible study will be in Acts chapter 12. We'll close out the chapter, verses 20 through 25. As we ask you to hold your question and comments to the end of the current events update. Of course, we're starting off until it's over. Israel at war as of 121-24. And there's no end in sight as uh, the engagement continues. And uh, we do have just a couple of things going on that you might not be aware of, but they had a big rally outside of Benjamin Netanyahu's house. Um, families actually barricaded themselves out there. Um, they're, they're demanding that something be done to release the hostages, and they're asking uh, the wrong person. Uh, also, though, in, in the small print is that there's diplomatic pushes for a full peace plan consisting of, guess what, a Palestinian state. Uh, there was already a virtual state in place when this happened. If they fall for this and they establish a Palestinian state, what they'll be doing is putting an enemy sworn to their destruction right in their backyard. And uh, in the meantime, Hamas has proposed hostage deal again, but with conditions for ceasefire so that they can reload. <laughs> That's what's behind all that. Iran vows revenge on Israel for striking uh, or killing five IRGCs. The Iran uh, Islamic Revolutionary Guard is what that's called. They killed five commanders in Syria. And so the escalation also to the south and in the Red Sea continues. Um, this was a report online, the first place I saw it, that the Biden administration is crafting plans for a sustained military campaign against the Houthis after 10 days of strikes failed to halt attacks, stoking concern among officials that an open-ended operation to pull the U.S. into another conflict. Um, in other words, it will enrich the military-industrial complex, and uh, it really, it's not directly related to the Israel situation. The Houthis are in a place called Yemen. There's the map gives you an idea. Remember the Red Sea? Some of you remember that? <laughs> well, at the very top above that is where Israel is, and this is these attacks are taken down, placed down in the southern end where the ships come in and out. And it's a financial interest that the United States has uh, and other countries have in this uh, situation. You can see, I blew up a couple where you can see it's uh, to your left there's where Egypt and the Sinai Peninsula and then there's Israel and the Negev Desert. That's way up at the top. And then if you look at the right side, you see where Yemen is just south of Saudi Arabia. 
And uh, Saudi Arabia was killing the Houthis and others in Yemen, uh, hundreds of thousands, if I remember right, the number, and no one cared. It will only be if the Jews get involved that anybody will care. That's the way, that's the, way the world functions right now. So with that update, uh, number two, a reminder that the spirit of Antichrist is in full force. The Antichrist himself is not revealed and won't be until he confirms the covenant, uh, Daniel 9, 24-27, between Israel and the world government, allowing Israel to rebuild the temple. <coughs> By the way, it makes sense that the Gog Magog War probably happens before that, maybe between the rapture and that event, or maybe right before the rapture, because it would take removing the Islamic powers in order to be able to build a temple there. And the Gog Magog War will involve those powers and five out of six will be wiped out from their military. That would then open the way for the Antichrist to do this thing in uh, Daniel 9, 24-27. But before all that, the spirit of Antichrist is being used of God, basically, to set the stage for everything that's about to happen. They're, by the way, scrubbing references to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, you're going to see this more and more. And I'm telling you, as soon as the rapture happens, man, uh, the Antichrist is going to take control of the Internet. And he's going to scrub all the uh, biblical, orthodox teaching of Jesus Christ. I'm sure our website will be shut down and, and that sort of thing. But uh, C.J. Stroud, some of you may remember, is a former Ohio State Buckeyes quarterback. He's now playing for the Houston Texans. Uh, took him to the playoffs. I think they got beat yesterday. Um, but he's, uh, everybody's saying he's probably the next great quarterback in the NFL, a top five uh, NFL player. Anyway, so last week when they won, he was interviewed. This is what went out live. Yes. First of all, I just want to give all glory and praise my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing. Being... This is what they edited and then posted online. What does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been. What was missing? Jesus. Jesus. His praise for his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen again. This is what went out live if you were watching the game. First of all, I just want to give all glory and praise my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing. Being... This is what everybody saw when they saw the report posted online. What does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing being yeah. in this city for as short as I've been. Ain't that something? Well, if you didn't know it, NBC is run by the Rainbow People. The sodomites. Yeah. And there's just something about rainbow people and their attitude toward the Jesus people. Unless you'll bow the knee and accommodate their sin and be inclusive, be diverse. The Bible says it's wicked. And every Christian that bows the knee like that is fulfilling the warning of Jesus, remember Lot's wife. And then at present we have a rainbow government. A very special in a mental sense, senile president who doesn't know where he's at half the time. 
Trump made a faux pas yesterday and is on all the major news networks. He's losing his mind. Biden does it every day and they don't say a thing about it. But anyway, they're flagging accounts, bank accounts, of those standing against the globalist agenda, the beast agenda, the spirit of Antichrist. They're flagging the accounts. The federal government is closely monitoring financial transactions with keywords like MAGA and Trump. Surprisingly, the watch list includes purchases of religious texts like Bibles and visits to Bass Pro Shop. This broad monitoring has sparked concerns about privacy and autonomy as citizens navigate a landscape where seemingly innocuous transactions attract attention. The public is questioning the criteria and potential overreach of this initiative, highlighting the delicate balance between security measures and individual liberties. You think? Wow. This was another headline. Feds flagged bank transactions for Bibles, hunting firearms after January 6th. Congressman says. <laughs> and the technology to track and control the entire system is advancing. Um, there's a chip that IBM's come out with. It's probably just, well, it's just the beginning, but it's a major breakthrough. It's called North Pole. Imagine a world where AI runs smoother, faster, and more efficiently. This isn't just a dream, it's becoming reality. IBM has crafted a revolutionary computer chip, North Pole, that's modeled after the human brain. This innovative design brings the data closer to the AI applications using it, resulting in a response time that's a whopping 22 times swifter. Plus, with the ability to adjust bit precision, power usage becomes fully optimized. North Pole surpasses all existing architectures, even those using advanced tech processes. Sadly, it's not hitting consumer computers yet, as it's uniquely designed for AI. So, the future of AI? It's already here, and it's called North Pole. Think of everything that you think of now as the best technology, the fastest thing you've ever seen, fastest computer. Multiply that by 20, and that's where this is taking you. And you think of computer uh, computation and processing abilities, multiply that by 100. And that's just the beginning, folks. <clears throat> With each passing day, more humans are being chipped. My name is Johan Esteland, and I do implants for humans. Tech goes into the body to enhance and optimize. Chip implants are tiny glass capsules with circuitry in them. You put it under your skin, it can pretty much replace anything you have in your wallet. Bundling them up gives you an edge if you're a bit forgetful. Smart migration is the future of technology and it's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. They're going to know everything you're doing, track every move and uh, really with this North Pole chip and everything that they're going to be bringing in just in this year. It's as far as it needs to go for the mark of the beast. And I've always 
Now, this is a change, by the way. I, I've always told people, I know you're impressed, but it's not there yet. The technology has been in place to an extent, but it still wasn't going to be. It's there. We're there with this now. We will. I'll come right back to you. You'll be my first call. But we are there where the technology has now matched the prophecy. And again, I have to say this. It is not the mark of the beast unless or until it's 666 and you are making an allegiance and act of worship to the beast. So how far do you go with this? I, I remember Christians used to say, well, I'll never just use a card. I mean, I'll have a credit card, but I'll never use that bank card thing they got set up. Now almost all the Christians I knew know that's all they ever use. Yeah. That's not a sin. I'm just saying, you think you won't go along with some of this stuff until everybody else is doing it. And there's nothing wrong with it biblically. But just keep in mind, we're all going in that direction until we believe the rapture takes place first. And then those who are left behind are faced with the choice to take the mark or die. Or become like the, well, they, what's that, those movies out, the Hunter Games, or what are they called? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Hunter Games? Hunger. 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 Okay. Yeah, I'm real with it. I'm, not, I'm with this pop. You know. Anyway, finally, I just want to mention before we close out that we're still looking for the Senate to vote to override DeWine's veto. That's supposed to come up this week. If you haven't contacted your state senator, you have a few more days to do so. You contact them to, by going to ohiosenate.gov. We've shown some of these things before, but if you haven't done it yet, why not? Go to Ohio, go to the website, ohiosenate.gov. Put your address in. They'll tell you who your representative is. They make it as easy as it can be. And uh, make a statement. You, don't, you just have to say, please vote to override the veto of HB 68. That's all you have to say. Be informed, pray accordingly. Martin. Yeah, I was about to say, the more that they use technology to spy on us and track us, the more it can be turned against them. Technology is a two-edged sword. Yeah. And no system is 100% secure. There's ways to have it. You're, so you're, there's ways to hack what the government's doing. There's people out there who are smart enough right. to do it. And, you know, that will be the wave of resistance in right. the future. It'll be smart people who can hack these systems and bring them in. Yeah, but the Bible says, people misconstrue this, it says he causeth all to take the mark in order to buy, sell, and trade. It doesn't say that everybody will do it. He causeth all to do that in order to be a part of the financial system. But we studied in our study in Daniel. It says clearly there are resistors, people who will resist the Antichrist. They're going to cause him a lot of headaches. Now, unlike some of the movies and books out there, they're not going to thwart the Antichrist. He'll still do what he's prophesied to do until Jesus returns and kills him. <laughs> That's Revelation 19. But that's an important thing because sometimes the prophecy materials and things out there don't really tell you the whole picture. And what he, what Martin just said is absolutely true. Mary? I just want to know, when you showed that picture of the 
White House with the rainbow flag in the middle? Was that real? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah, they've had, actually they've had it where there was nothing but pride flags around the front at times. Yeah, June. It's first year in office, that's what it is. First year. Yeah, forget about the 80th anniversary of D-Day. We'll still be hanging a pride flag. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. John? Yeah. Um, it's just interesting that the system is called North Pole. When we go into Central 28, Willisburg wants to put his throne on the sides of the North. Yeah. And then I think Psalm 75, another name for God is North. Hmm. It says that Roshan uh, doesn't come from the East, the West, or the South. Yeah, and then also Jerusalem is called North in Psalm 48. Yeah. Brian? Uh, going back to the technology and the market and stuff, and you're saying it's already here. I think there's, I've even heard where there's some companies that are going to start promoting this. I think Whole Foods is one of them. They're already doing it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can watch videos right now where people just walk in and have the thing on their hand. And so they use palm, they're using the palm technology, but they also have some who have the chip. And just like okay. you wave your car right now, yeah. There are some people who are just using their chip in their hand already. Yeah, Nancy. Whole Foods is owned by Amazon. Yeah. It's almost like you can't, if you don't go to a mom and pop shop, you're probably feeding the beast. <laughs> but we do what we can when we can. All right. Very interesting watching God's word unfold before our very eyes. Amen? Amen. It's also related to our. Isaiah study, if you missed that, catch that online. As we open with a word of prayer and get into our Bible study, and uh, ask Brother uh, Chuck in the back if you would open study prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, truly thankful for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to be here, to learn your word, and share it later on this day. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, let me get back to the screen there. Acts 12, get your Bibles open, 20 through 25, as we close out the chapter, we've titled this, He Gave Not God the Glory. We close chapter 12 with a raging, bitter Herod. <laughs> and he's about to meet his terrible end. So verses 20 through 25, I'll have you read the odd verses with me, so I'll start in verse 20. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain their friend, desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a god, and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. Because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Amen? Amen. Amen. Some of you are like, yuck. Herod thinks he's a god, but he's going to find out otherwise. So we'll start with the political schmoozing found in verse 20, then the death by worms, 21 to 23, and then ministry goes on as we end verse 24 to 25. 
Schmoozing, that's a Greek word for, <laughs> for kissing up. Uh, so look at verse, I got the wrong, I, I thought I'd change that. Let me get up there and change that so we don't confuse people. Look at verse 20 there. Highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. And remember, we left off in verse 19. Herod was highly displeased with the soldiers, 16 of them, who held responsibility for keeping Peter in prison. And he'd let them go. And so verse 19 says he commanded that they should be put to death. He's he seems to be in a rage at this point. Um, he then leaves and goes uh, from Judea to Caesarea to get away from it all. And then uh, while he's uh, in that region of Tyre and Sidon, uh, he's displeased with them, and we're not actually told why. Uh, we just need to know, we're just told this because we need to know that he's in a bad mood. <laughs> And uh, he came to, uh, Tyre and Sidon, the people there, came to him uh, with one accord. So, uh, as I said, we're not told. The point is that the murder of James and persecutor, persecutor of Peter was a mad tyrant. That's what you're supposed to take from the text. So the leaders of Tyre and Sidon do some politicking and start schmoozing this guy named Blastus. That's the kind of name you want if you play football. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a cool name? <laughs> uh, we, we had a guy, uh, we were talking about this the other day. Sometimes the names fit people. We had a guy in school that kind of was like Sean Penn. You remember that um, Fast Times movie? I don't recommend it, but I watched it back then. We had a guy in our school just like that. Guess what his last name was? Stoner. <laughs> True story. And uh, we had another kid who came, moved to our school when I was, I think, a sophomore in high school or something like that. And uh, his name was Rocky. I thought, man, his parents must be so cool. <laughs> Not that Greg isn't, you know. I, Gregory is supposed to be the one of the last great popes who ever existed, you know. I kind of fit that role, but uh, just kidding. Anyway, I keep putting, I don't know why that, I changed that on my computer, it didn't save it, but it's uh, verse 20. The second part of the verse says, but they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. So the chamberlain, who is he? He's his handler. Um... One of the reasons they didn't like uh, Donald Trump, one of the reasons they don't like that Nigel Farage, um, uh, who's the guy uh, now in uh, the Netherlands? Um, his name slipped my mind, but they don't like him. Why? Because they, they don't have handlers. <laughs> um, but this guy was always taking care of him, dressed him, pampered him with the uh, 
best lodging. When Herod went down this area, Blastus made sure he stayed in a four-star hotel. He checked the bed bug registry and made sure there were no mice in the place, that kind of thing. So if you've got the colonel on your side, then you get to see Elvis. Some of you, I think, can understand what I'm saying now. Uh, and some of you need to know Elvis was a rock and roll singer years ago. You might have heard of him. You're eating nothing but a hound dog. I'm all sugar. Thank you very much. So, that's just the background there in verse 20. And then so we see his end. Verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. So you can picture this scene. Herod, who really thinks a lot of himself, he has no problem with his self-esteem. And all the people around him are wanting to, you know, kiss up. They're wanting him to know how much they... So that's what's going on here. And by the way, he sat on his throne... It just so happens that's called a bema seat. <laughs> and that's the same word wow. used about the throne that Jesus was set on uh, at the judgment seat of Christ. And just an interesting connection there. So the mob now explodes with ridiculous praise for this man. And the people gave a shout. Again, what's interesting about that? The people is the word demos, which is the word we get democracy. The people gave a shout. I'm going to offend some people out there when I say this, but it's an absolute fact. Democracy is evil. Amen. We are not a democracy. We have, the United States of America has democratic elections, but we are a constitutional republic. And you've got to get that through your head because the left-wing media is constant. And a lot of conservatives, I hear people like conservatives and libertarians, you ought to know better, talking about our democracy. Why does the left say people like you are a danger to our democracy? I am. And you should be too. We do not want democracy. We are to be a nation of laws. Democracy is mob rule. And that's what you're seeing here. The people, the demos. It's a mob. And that always comes with democracy. You know what the, they call a lot of these country, communist countries? The Democratic Republic of. Why? Because they, they'll hold elections. They cheat. And they, by majority rule, then they institute Marxism. And then your freedoms are gone. It's a matter of history. That's why I beg people to stop being so lame and say, oh, I, don't, I hate history. Well, you need to understand, you are living in history. And the Bible tells us that it's a fool who doesn't want to know what's going on in the world. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And there's an old saying too, they give credit to different people, so I won't even try. But those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. 
America has not learned a thing about history. Americans don't know history. They don't know our own history, but they also don't know the history that's happened since the founding of this country. How many times democracy has produced tyranny? How many times? Every time. You're either going to live in a nation of laws or a nation of mobs. Why do you the leftists and the BML, BLM and the Antifa and everybody doing all this rioting and, and all this that they're doing now with the so-called pro-Palestinians, which most of those people don't even know anything about what's going on over there. Why are they rioting like they do? Because that's what they think they want. I got news for them. Once the mobs establish the tyrant, who do you think the tyrant kills first? The mobs. Because he knows... They're dangerous enough that they put him in power. He's got to get rid of them so they don't take him out. <laughs> in the French Revolution, that's what happened is the mobs overthrew King Louis off of his head. And then what did they do? They kept mobbing and rioting and it never did. That's why it fell apart. So what happened since then? The mob put somebody in power and then they turn around and kill the mobs. Historical fact. Johnny? Yeah, it this just continues to remind me of the examples for the, at least in the story sense, of the Star Wars 1, 2, and 3. Because they had the same idea where they're supposed to have a republic, but they keep interchangeably calling it a democracy. And it ends with them essentially in installing a dictator. Yeah, that's the whole point. Who then, Tracy, yeah. would you give me a cup of coffee? The story's over. <clears throat> I don't want to start hacking and carrying on up here. <clears throat> but uh, appreciate that. I asked Jenny; she's got her hands full. <coughs> yes. <coughs> All right. So, wait before I get there. The unsaved world has a natural tendency toward idolatrous worship. That's another thing. To keep in mind as you see this in the text. But this video is amazing. Watch this. Watch it. Some of them he lets kiss his ring. Now watch this. What's he doing? No one knows. I looked at I looked online why he's done it. He pulls it out. And, oh, he won't let him. Look. Now you ask why is he doing that? My theory is because he's a nut. That's my that's my theory. But think of. All these people walking up to want to kiss his ring. Think about it. If I were to do that, you guys would think I was joking, and I hope you'd know I was joking. This is the real religion where the man called the Pope is called blasphemous names like Holy Father. Look up the term Holy Father in the Bible. Only one time... Jesus himself is talking about our Heavenly Father and calls him Holy Father. That's the only time the phrase Holy Father shows up in the Bible. And they call the Pope's Holy Father. That's blasphemy. They claim he's the vicar of Christ. That's Antichrist. Yeah. See our study on it. The final Pope will be the Antichrist, but all the Popes have been many Antichrists. 
and you watch the videos where he went, like when he was in where, Pennsylvania or uh, somewhere in Pennsylvania last time he came to America, people were worshiping him and weeping and we love you and adore you and all this. And they all wanted to kiss his ring and everything. But it's, you know, it's not just, uh, who had their hand up? Somebody, yeah, Brian. I just want to say I was in that church for years. A bunch of ours. It's a lot worse than you Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch here that are former uh, Roman Catholics and a few that aren't here. But here's the thing. It's this sad thing. Like when you try to talk to people involved in any of these religions that do that stuff. Because God doesn't strike them down right then, then people think that He approves. I just mentioned this, not only the tendency, but also don't, don't get in your mind that if God doesn't strike someone dead who's accepting that kind of adoration and worship, that doesn't mean God approves. You know, they told Jim Jones, I mean, before he uh, fed 3,000 people Kool-Aid and killed them all, that they were referring to him as God and the Son of God in the sense that you call Jesus. And numerous cults had leaders where the people would basically call them God. And what did God do? He didn't strike them dead right when they did it. They, keep in mind, this is the book of Acts. And God is doing things right now to... Thank you very much. God is doing things right now to solidify the gospel message and the transition from Mosaic Law to the gospel of grace. And that doesn't mean everything in the book of Acts that you see is going to be normal in your life as a Christian. And all, all the men and women who that I've seen stand in a pulpit and preach that we should be doing the same things they do in the book of Acts, they're all crooks. The ones I know. You may know somebody who preaches that stuff, they're not a crook. All the people I know who preach that stuff are crooks. And they just want you to start thinking of them as being something, something. The man of God. Reverend. That's why I jokingly call myself the most right-wing bishop. Think about those words. It's funny. The most right-wing bishop. Bishop just means pastor. It wouldn't even be, if a guy calls himself a bishop and he's pastor of a local church, that's biblical. What's not biblical are the bishops out there who are claiming to have power and they have them over like regions and that kind of thing. That's not in the Bible. But the word bishop just means pastor. And uh, But that's the, the problem is that so many preachers today have a cult following. And I'm talking about even some who preach the biblical gospel. But they have their people are like cultists. Listen, and I've said this before, Billy Graham. If you want to see people treat some guy, some man like a god, as far as anybody being saved under Billy's preaching, praise the Lord. But when Billy got on TV and told everybody, you didn't even have to know the name of Jesus, and you could still be saved. And numerous. Instances we've got it all on video. It's a it's about a one hour documentary out there, and we've had people watch it and hear Billy's voice and see the video itself, and they still do what? Get mad at me? Exactly. Listen, I don't care who you are. 
I'm talking to you right now. If I hear you among anytime, but especially among this church family, tell somebody that you can be saved without knowing who Jesus is, I am going to rebuke you. I love you enough to warn you that you're preaching satanic blasphemy. Billy was warned. Billy was confronted. Some of the biggest names in Christianity in the 90s and early 2000s urged him, begged him to recant, and he never would publicly acknowledge that he said something that was false. But just you today or anybody you know, if there's any man, any man or woman. I mean, you don't have to be a pastor. Just be any woman. Anybody that you know who can contradict the fundamental truths of this book and people go along with it and get mad at you if you call them to the carpet, there's something wrong with those people. Now, uh, if he would have recanted then that would have been in the documentary too. And he said, well, we're thankful that he recanted and he pulled But he never did. But people think because other people get by with it, then that motivates them to think they'll get by with it. You're not going to get by with it even if you die in this life without having been confronted. and so You're going to answer for it when you stand before the Lord. But this tells, this explains it here in Ecclesiastes 8.11. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Amen. These people parading in the streets every June, identifying themselves with their wicked sin, and because God doesn't drop a, you know, uh, a bomb or... Uh, what's that called? They use in Vietnam. Uh, Napalm. Napalm. Yeah, who said it? Napalm. You know, I've often wondered. I'm just being honest with you. I saw one time from a distance what was going on in Columbus, Ohio during those parades. It's the most wicked, vile thing I hope you never have to see. I won't even say the things that they were doing in the streets of Columbus. Police officers standing there watching it. They were told to stand down. And I thought, wonder if it'd make any difference to the rest of the world if God just dropped napalm all the way up and down this street and just wiped every one of them out right now. And brimstone. <laughs> That's. It wouldn't make it. I don't think it'd make a difference. No. They'd come up with some natural explanation for it. Or blame the deplorables. <laughs> In this case, the mob blasphemes. It's not a gay pride march, but the mob blasphemes. Look at verse 22 there. And the people gave a shout saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. You see, if God really was just being complete justice here, He would have killed all the people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were all blaspheming. It's just pure idiocy. But Herod believes his press. That's what happens to too many of these people. 
lot of the politicians, you see the way they walk around arrogant. You know, they, they believe they're pressed. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. Now, of course, we can stand there and say, man, that Herod. How arrogant. He called him God and everything, and he gave not God the glory. Thing is, how many times are Christians able to accomplish something and not give God all the glory? If God struck everybody dead every time God did something for them and they didn't give God the glory, it'd be a lot of dead people. That's why C.J. Stroud, that clip I showed, you know, giving, first of all, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And what did the rainbow people do? Edit. Clip, clip. (laughs) But that's how anything, I love that, I heard this very early on as a Christian, and I've said it because people would come up to me, oh, what a wonderful message. Oh, yeah, I used to have a really much better voice than I do now. COPD kind of <clears throat> knocked that down a notch or two. And people would come up and say, oh, that was so wonderful. I just love that you're singing this thing. And I just got in the habit of saying, well, any good you see coming from me, the Lord gets the credit. Any of the bad stuff, that's me. The good stuff's all God, the bad stuff's me. Isn't that true? (laughs) Uh, And I appreciate it. I just have people come to me, that's good preaching, good message, everything. I I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just want to make sure you understand, it's because of the book. Without the book, I'm just a a really bad stand-up comedian. (laughs) Imagine how many would... Drop dead uh, in our lifetime alone. If this kind of thing were typical, yeah. you'd just turn on TV and every day watch people drop dead. What? Yeah, this would be divine justice. <laughs> and what Herod was smoked with was simply a gruesome way to die. He said, should we be talking about this? We have children in the room. Have you seen the cartoons these days? But you know what? I wish when I was a kid I'd had more of an idea of this kind of thing in my mind. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. And no elaboration required. I'm not going to show you pictures. Here's what it looks like when a man is eaten alive by worms. I'm not going to do that to you. Imagination is just enough there, isn't it, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why any, you know, just so you know, if you get a Bible with pictures in it, the pictures were not put there by God. No. <laughs> so you got to be careful. Sometimes those pictures in the Bible, you got to those big family Bibles, come with those pictures. And you go back and look at them now, and you, knowing the Bible, you look at it, and you're like, that's not really what happened there. And then other times, it's just like, you could have done without that. Is one thing that always bothered me is how many pictures show people naked. Yeah. They make you think that nobody wore clothes back then. <laughs> you notice that? Pictures, painted. paintings yeah. of the Bible from the, probably uh, even up to the 19th century, things that people, the angels are always, you know, somehow they're having a wardrobe malfunction. You know? <laughs> it's just weird. 
What was the result of this amazing incident and Herod's death? It didn't cause the world to stand still. Life goes on. You ever thought about that? This is wild. He's the most powerful man beside the Caesar himself in Judea. And he's eaten alive by worms. In front of a crowd. It wasn't Brian mentioned the COVID thing. I mean, you think about how many people we've seen drop dead. There's always been people drop dead. But not at this rate. On, on sports fields. You used to see once every 10 years or so, an umpire or a player would drop. You see, every season, several people now are dropping on the field. And what's everybody doing? You can't prove it's from the shot. <laughs> Actors and actresses under the age of 50 just dropping dead. Hmm. Ain't that strange? Wonder what could cause that. <laughs> and everybody just, you know, don't I? We've got people we know that we've talked about this and like, you just come away thinking, what is wrong with them? They just feel like zombies. Isn't it amazing? And for the apostles, ministry goes on. Look at verse 24. Read that with me. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Amen. See, that's what we're all about here. And every... Biblical local church ought to be about this. The Word of God grew and multiplied. We're not about the pastor. We're not even about the church. I tell you, I ask you all the time, don't just go around inviting people to church. If they're unsaved, it's not really for them. They'll come here and just be offended. What do you do? In the Bible, they went out and preached the gospel, and when people got saved, they brought them to church. Over my lifetime, most of the Christians I know rarely preach the gospel, rarely even gave out gospel tracts, but are always saying, you love our church. We got the best people, the best. We got coffee and tea, all you can drink. You know, well, hey, that's true. We have coffee, we have tea, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not what we're about. And that's not a selling point. What do we got? We got a wonderful Savior. We have a wonderful Savior and a gospel that will save your soul and change your life forever. And I'd love to tell you about it. And then if they receive that, you know what? Now you receive that, you're now part of the family of God. And just like your own family, you can only visit your family when you're in town, right? Right? Makes sense. So if you you know, move to another town and there's no family around, then you have to find some friends that kind of serve as your family and that sort of thing. Same thing as a Christian. What do you do? Wherever you at, you find the family. And so you come to the local church. It's that simple. Now, what would, it, what would you think? What would it be like 
if you got together over the holidays, you know, uh, you had Thanksgiving at your house. Your family's all just, everybody looks like everybody's here. About ready. Oh, yeah, let's all sit down and eat. And ding dong. Who's that? I don't know. You expect somebody else? No, not really. Oh, good. See who it is. Open the door. Hi. Howdy. My name's Greg. Can I help you? I'm here for dinner. <laughs> who are you? I just told you. My name's Greg. <laughs> A lot of people might say, well, come in and see if anybody else knows me. <laughs> hey, everybody. Sorry I'm a little late. I didn't get the email because I'm not on the email list. <laughs> oh, there's a chair. Sit down. All right. <laughs> Nobody in the place knows me. And then they start serving up the food and I start taking them home. <laughs> How you been? <laughs> Looking at the kid. You know, you kind of pick out people. He looks like he's in high school. So what grade are you in now? Uh, tenth grade. Oh, really? Got a girlfriend? <laughs> I don't know you. Christmas with the cranks. Christmas with the cranks is the big one that <laughs> That's actually what a lot of people are doing in the local churches today. They spend all their time bringing in the lost. They're not part of the family. And they bring them in because... They won't allow God to use them to preach the gospel, to give out the gospel tracts. So they try the easy way. It's not God's way. The easy way is, let's have Friends Day. <laughs> Everybody invite your friends, dress up and act as happy as you can, and we'll try to fool them into thinking that's where we always are. We're always that happy. Everything's always like this. And then we have Friends Day. And we'll use carnal means to get you to invite all your friends in. Whoever brings the most friends in gets a gift card to your favorite restaurant for 50 bucks. <laughs> and on and on it goes. How many of you have been in there? Been there, done that? Yeah. Absolutely unbiblical. Has nothing to do with the Bible plan for the local church. What we are to do is to go out and preach the gospel. Now... And I have always disclaimer, if an unsaved person you know says they want to come to church, I'm not saying not to bring them, but I'm saying this, you should try to talk to them about the gospel and also let them know and say, listen now, these are a bunch of Christians. We, come, we go in here, we study the Bible. We don't have clowns. You know, you might, you might have watched on TV, got the wrong idea about church. Um, nobody runs the aisles. We don't puke in buckets and all that kind of stuff either. We just had kind of simple gathering. We all get together. We sing some songs. And it's not pretty, but it's a joyful noise. Amen? <laughs> and then we get that Bible open. We read and study it. And then we pray. We actually pray. A lot of churches don't do that. And then afterwards, we'll hang out. And these crazy people will be here for hours sometimes. I know. Fellowshipping. That's not what most people think of church is. Nope. But you do that. Why? Because you want them to know that this meeting, if they want to come, they will, we'll welcome in, but this meeting is for Christians who do not apologize for believing the book, standing with the book, and so especially if you think they're kind of a woke kind of person, you better warn them. 
before you bring them in here. Be better just common sense. Warn them. The pastor's probably going to offend you. Just want you to know that before you go in. Because we're Christians, we believe the Bible. What do you mean? What's he going to say? Well, you know, that uh, sodomites, which you call homosexuals and gays, he usually calls them sodomites. And he says it's a sin no matter what. There's no such thing as gay marriage. Killing babies is a sin. Uh, we're against gun control and Marxism too, so. They'll probably be shocked. At church? You talk about those things at church? Yeah, because so few churches function like real churches. So there you go. But the Word of God grew and multiplied. And name the date or event, no matter how earth-shattering it might seem, God continues the work. So that's why, what do we do? We don't shut the church service down for the Super Bowl. (laughs) The work will go on. No matter what's going on out there. Just keep that in mind. If you're in a Bible-believing church, that's the way it's supposed to be. And just like nothing happened, verse 25, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. That verse, like verse 19, served to kind of segue us into what we studied this week. That verse is segueing us into Acts chapter 13. So keep that in mind when we come there. But we're introduced here to the three scripture tiers. Barnabas, Saul, and John Mark. Scripture, tears, what do you mean by that? Well, the three musketeers. What are the what makes them musketeers? They have muskets? I'm just kidding. You're right. See? Fascinating. A lot of people don't understand that word musketeers comes from the fact that they wielded muskets. Probably because a lot of the movies you see about them, they're they run around in tights and don't have muskets. So, just remember, what you see in the movies doesn't necessarily reflect the reality. So, just like the musketeers wielded muskets, Bible believers wield what? Bibles. Amen. That's your sword. (laughs) So, it's closed in Hebrews 4. Hebrews, written by the Apostle Paul, no matter what your teachers tell you. Amen. Verses 11 through 13. Let's just read all three verses together. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In case you missed it, the word of God, when it says is quick, do you know what that word means? It's alive. It's living. The quick and the dead. That's the the quick meaning living versus the other choice. Dead. Quick and dead. 
living. The word is living. Jesus said, these words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are what? Life. John 6, 63. Life. Living. And look what it says in verse 13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. The context the word of God. The words of God, yes, you can print them on a page, you can burn the page, you can throw an ink bottle and blot them out. That's a physical representation. But the words of God are spirit. They are living. It is something that we don't give a lot of thought to, and we ought to. It calls the words of God here, the word of God, His Personal pronoun. His sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. If you believe this book and you will put these words of this book in your heart, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. If you want to live the Spirit-filled life, get His word in you. Not just so you can brag about how many verses you've memorized. So that it will actually begin to transform the actual person that you are. It will make changes. And a lot of times Christians just kind of go along and they think, like it's just this way. I'm just this way. No, you're not. And whatever good is of God, whatever's bad is of you. And the more you put God's word in you and you let it change who you are, it'll change the way you think in ways that you won't even grasp. And the more you do that, it'll be evident to those who know you, even if you're not really aware of it at the time. And there'll be more good from God and less bad from you. It's all up to you believing the word, putting it in, and being doers and not hearers only, as I've said numerous times. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this interesting and amazing account of the death of Herod and the consistent faithfulness of your people who are only able to do what they do by the power of the Word of God. Help us to believe this book, the one you provided for us in English, this King James Bible. Help us to believe it, to study it, to memorize it, to live it, to teach it. We are to be people of the book. Amen. And no matter what's going on in the world, what's going on around us, we simply continue to live in accordance with and by the power of your word to the glory and praise of your wonderful name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 In your praise books, page 56. He gave glory not to God. We give all the glory to God. Amen? Amen.
Stand if you can. If somebody doesn't have a phrase book, can you raise your hand so I give them one? I think they're in the back. If you have an extra one, pass them forward over on this side. You got an extra one over here? Okay, we think we got one up front here now. You can just give Olivia one. I think everybody else can share. Did you pass that? 56. Stand if you can. Amen. 
Raise your hand, Janie. You'll come around and pick up the prayer cards. And onlineers can get yours in to bbfohioprotonmail.com. And we have birthdays. We have Jim and I think Kathy Shingler. Kathy Shingler. Anybody else? Onliner. Leslie. 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 Happy birthday to you. Did you say Jim? Jim Odom. All right. So we have cake. But you only get cake if you sing. What'd you say? Thank you for existing. All right. I give it to Dad. He gave you one then. Let's good. sing to the birthday. Just sing God bless you since there's uh, three.